Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a timely lesson today. It's going to be called, The Bridegroom is Coming. Today we're going to talk about that certain urgency that we acted with when we first came into the understanding of Christ and who we are and following the Bible, becoming quote-unquote Christians, right? There was a certain urgency, especially our particular church, knowing that, you know, we may, we will have to move from the country. It was like, let me hurry, get my passport, let me do this, let me do that, let me do this. But over time, um, you start to get, people start to get complacent or lackadaisical. I personally have been studying the Bible for over a decade. And when you study the Bible, and there's, that's not a long time. As you understand and continue to grow, and continue to be in the truth, sometimes Satan will trick you to go back into the world. So we're going to go into today that spirit that you must be in when Christ returns. Christ is the bridegroom, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew 25. We're going to read verse 1. The gospel, the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Matthew 25, verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Right. Virgins are those who will meet Christ upon his coming. This is further proof that the word virgin in scripture does not mean, doesn't always mean a woman who haven't had intercourse, have nothing to do with that. This, this passage is saying the pure, the pure that will meet Christ upon his return. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Bridegroom is Christ. Christ is the bridegroom. Continue, brother. Verse 2. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. Read that one more time. Verse 2. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. So they received the same understanding. When you get the truth, you have the same understanding. Each person has the same understanding. The Most High gives you He's equitable, so he's not going to give somebody else a better understanding or more understanding if you're looking for him. So there was ten virgins, ten pure, who were in Christ and had the understanding. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2, and five of them were wise, and five were foolish. So there was five wise virgins. There was five foolish. Now, once again, remember, virgins have nothing to do with intercourse here. It's talking about the purity, the being white. As you, when you went through that water and put away that old person that you used to be, Christ is coming back for the pure, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 3. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Right. The lamp is light. Lamp is light. So they took the light, which was the truth, which was Christ. Read that one more time. Verse 3. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Right. So if you don't have a reserve... You don't have a reserve. You had the light, but you don't have a reserve to sustain you. So they had the truth, but they didn't prepare to sustain for Christ to come back. Continue, brother. Verse 4. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamp. Right. So now they've continued to prepare. They've stayed in that spirit of preparation. Having the truth, what now? There's some, you must continue to grow, continue to learn. Some people will say, well, I got the truth and I don't need to learn no more. I know who Christ is. I know who I am. I know about the commandments. I'm, you know, that's all I need to get into the kingdom. See, that's a trick from Satan himself. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Right. So the wise, they pr- 
prepared. They had preparation and they dealt in the spirit of preparation even after having the truth. Continue, brother. Verse 5. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Tarried means when Christ took longer than expected or that some may expect. They did what? They slumbered and slept. Right. So they went back to sleep in the world. That's They went back to who they used to be. Let me just become what I was because Christ is... I thought it was going to happen in four years, five years, you know. Okay, I got time. I'll go back and do what I was doing. This is what's going on. Continue, brother. Verse 6. And at midnight, there was a cry made. Read that again. Verse 6. And at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. So Christ is coming at a moment where you may not be prepared. Read that one more time. Verse 6. And at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. So when Christ come, will you be prepared? That's what this is saying. Continue, brother. Verse 7. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Read that one more time. Verse 7. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Continue. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. See, so they didn't continue in the understanding, the learning, the love, the commandments, the statutes to be able to meet Christ, to sustain themselves. So now they haven't prepared. They're unprepared now. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. So there will be people who will come towards the end when they know it's, 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 it's almost over. And then they'll try to come. And they'll come to you and ask you, you know, what, what were you saying? Where were you going? What, what's going on? See, this is what's going to happen. They won't live their life preparing or using their life as a living sacrifice to the Most High. They'll try to come in at the end. They'll try to, like a lot of people will try to, um, what would, they will try to repent for their sins and accept Jesus Christ on a deathbed. You're not going to be able to do that. You must live your life that way. They're, Most High is not going to allow you to sin all you want and then say a few words and think that you've accepted Christ. That's not going to work. Continue, brother. Verse 9. But the wise answered, saying, Not so. Read that again. Verse 9. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. Right, see? So they said, Listen, I can't give you it to you. I can't give it to you because if I give it to you, I can't make it into the kingdom. And the whole point of us living our life in the way that we live it is for us to make it into the kingdom. You can't make it into the kingdom for somebody else. Read that one more time. Verse 9. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. So I can't give it to you. We, we have an appointment. We, we're going to meet Christ. I don't have time to give it to you at this point. Read it one more time. Verse 9. <clears throat> Verse 9. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. So go back to the beginning. Go to wherever somebody's giving out the understanding. You go there and get it. Because I can't. I can't. I, I have a meeting with Christ. I must go. That's what this is saying. So you must use the opportunity when you have the opportunity to learn and to get close with the Most High. Use that time wisely because... It's not somebody else's responsibility. Some people will say, well, that's not Christ-like. You're supposed to share, right? But no, 
it's the most high give you the opportunity to get to gain the wisdom. That's your responsibility, not others. And that's what we have to realize. It's nobody have to <laughs> nobody have to apply themselves to give you understanding when you had a chance to have it throughout your life, just like everybody else. That's nobody else's responsibility but ours. Read that one more time, brother. Verse nine. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Read that again. Verse 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. So as they went back and started over from the beginning because they didn't keep their light trimmed, they didn't have oil to sustain themselves, then Christ came. Read, brother. Verse 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to, to the marriage, and the door was shut. See, there comes a time in Scripture where the door shuts. The door will shut. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. So you must get your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding when the time presents itself. Use your time wisely, brothers and sisters, because Christ will come at a time where you think he's not going to come. When you start to say, oh, man, it's been 15 years or it's, it's been four years. I thought it was going to happen in that one year. Let me go back. As soon as you do that, you're going to miss out on the bride, the bridegroom. Continue, brother. Verse 11. Afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, verily, I say unto you, I know you not. Read that again, brother. Verse 11. Afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. So we follow the Bible. We know the law. We're Israel. I don't know you. Why? Because you don't know me. Because if you knew me, you would have sustained yourself in order to know that I would be coming. See? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So continue, sustain, watch, prepare yourself, because you don't know when he's going to come. You don't know. That way, see, and the Most High is so perfect, he made it that way. Therefore, you wouldn't try to say, okay, I know he's coming back in 2028. I'll just do what I want till 2027, <laughs> and then I'll get myself together right at the end. See, because that's how minds work. That's how the, a man's mind, a woman's man works. How can I do what I want to do and still get in? See, how can I eat what I want to eat, celebrate what I want to celebrate and get in? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. Watch, therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. See, let's go to uh, Matthew 24 and 13. Matthew 24, verse 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. See? So people who are saying they're saved, how can you be saved if you haven't endured to the end? According to the Bible, you must endure to the end. You must keep that light all the way through in order to be saved. Christians will just walk around and ask you, don't even know you. Are you saved, brother? Do you know Jesus? I'm like, no, I'm not saved, brother, and neither are you. Because if you don't make it into the kingdom, you're not saved. You're not saved right now. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. 
But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. See, so you must endure to the end in order to be saved. The end is not floating up into heaven or being raptured. Raptured is not in the Bible at all. That word's not in the Bible one single time. You must endure to the end of what's going to transpire. Read the whole chapter of Matthew 24 where his disciples came and asked him, what will be the signs of your coming? Rumors of wars, nation against nation. See, all of those things is Christ's coming. That's part of his coming. That's the thing. That's what we have to realize. His coming isn't just him being here. There's things that must transpire in order to set in motion what Christ said. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. <clears throat> but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Right. So you must endure to the end. You can't say, oh, I had the truth when I was 18. I followed the commandments. But when I turned 19, I was like, I'm going I'm to stiff arm that for a second. I'm going to go get this money. I had a brother tell me a few years ago, maybe five, six years ago. Uh, you know, I, I do believe in God, but I just need to get this money first. And I'm like, brother, what if he comes tomorrow? What if you die today? You just need to get this money first? Like, how does that work? How are you going to tell the most high? Yeah, just hold on for a second. Let me go make this sale real quick. And then I'll be right back. How, that doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. The Most High is not waiting on any of us because we don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't hold that kind of weight for Him to have to wait on us. We must wait on Him. That's the way it goes. He's the Creator; we're the creation. We must have respect for our God. He's not going to wait on you, brothers and sisters. That's why we must use every day and try to conquer each day. And just don't worry about next year, two year, three year. Worry about today because why? The Bible says, "Don't you know I require your soul tonight." While you're just stacking up money. And that money's going to go nowhere. Because I need you tonight. So we must conquer each day. Um, let's go to Matthew 24 and 42. We're going to read 42 through 51. Matthew 24 verse 42. Watch therefore... For ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Read that again, brother. 42. Watch therefore. For ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. See, so you don't want to be caught in your sin. See, that's the thing. You don't want to be caught celebrating the day he said don't celebrate when he comes back. You don't want to be caught in your fornication or your drug use. Doing cocaine or crap or whatever people are doing out here. You don't want to be caught in that sin because there's no excuse for that. Because you should have waited and watched and continued in your life as if he was coming tomorrow. You should have sustained that same urgency that you had in the beginning. Verse 43. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Right. So if you knew that somebody was coming to rob your house at 10 o'clock, you would be at 10 o'clock with all your homeboys or your homegirls in a firearm because you know exactly when it's coming. See, that's what this is saying. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 43. But know this, that if the good man of the house had, had known in what, in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. Read that again. Verse 44. Therefore be ye also ready. 
For in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh, who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season. So who will operate until the end as if Christ is coming tomorrow? That's what this is saying. Who? Who will? Or will you become lackadaisical and slide off? Because you feel like, well, I had a brother say it to me this week. Well, when is your Jesus coming back? I'm like, okay, brother. He's going to be right exactly when you don't think. <laughs> See? Because we think that the Most High is on our time, and he's not. He's on his own time. The Bible say one day is a thousand years is like one day in the eye of the Lord. So what you think is a long time is in half of a millisecond to the Most High. It's not a scintilla to the Most High. It's nothing. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 45. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. So are we following Christ because ah, he may come back tomorrow or are you following it because you know it's right and you want to honor the most high? So are you doing it through fear that you may get caught or are you following it because you know that's what the most high want and you love to follow his commandments? Verse 46, blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. See, bless. That's why we do the work because we want Christ to come back and see us in the work. That's why we do the work, brothers and sisters. That's why we follow his laws, his statutes, his commandments. Because we want to be doing that upon his arrival. It'll be very embarrassing. That'll be a weird conversation. You're fornicating and Christ comes back and he's just looking at you. And now what are you doing? You're trying to explain to Christ what you're doing. See? So you must treat every day as if he may come. Continue, brother. Verse 47. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. See, so if you come, if he comes back and you're doing the work, now you can rule. Because I can trust you even in my absence. Mm -hmm. See? Continue, brother. Verse 48. But and, but and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming. See, the Lord delayeth his coming, right? So, listen. What this is saying is, if I have more time, that means I have more sin I can do. That's what that means. You may not be thinking that, but there's a lot of people out there who are thinking just like that. I know Christ is coming. I know what the Bible says. But you know, you know, next year I'll do it. Next year I'll do it. Could read that one more time, brother. Verse 48. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. Read that part again. Verse 49, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunken. Right, so now he's operating with the people based on him thinking Christ is delaying his coming. Now he's a partier. That's all he does is party now. Christ ain't coming back today. He ain't coming back tomorrow. I'm going to go on party. I'm going to year vacation. See? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 49, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunken. Right, see? So because it didn't happen like I thought, when I thought it would happen, I go back and become what I was. Verse, verse 50, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that says weeping and gnashing of teeth. These will be the believers, the people who knew. Remember, the virgins had the light. They, they just 
didn't sustain themselves. So these are going to be the people who knew what the truth was, but yet shunned it and did what they wanted to do. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 51. And shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we're now in the time called the hour of temptation. That means whatever your desires are, you will be tempted with them in this time. In this time, you will be tempted greater than any on a higher level to a higher degree than ever before because you're in the end. You're in the end, brothers and sisters. Can you make it to the finish line with the light? Let's go to Psalms 37 because a lot of people ask, okay, once I have the truth, what's the, what can I do? There's so many things I can learn, so many things, places I can go. What's the first thing I can do? Let's see. What does the Bible have to say? We're going to Psalms 37 and 27. Psalm 37, verse 27. Depart from evil. Read that again. Depart from evil and do good. See, so this is the first thing you can do. You can depart from evil. That means recognize the sin within yourself. That's what this means. First thing you should do is follow his law, statutes, and commandments. That's what you can do. That's first. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 27. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment. See, the Lord loved judgment. See? Continue, brother. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The seed of the wicked shall be cut off. So the first thing we need to do is self-examination. That's what we need to do. Recognize the sin within yourself. Because why? That will start you on your path. That's where your path begins. It's in correcting yourself. Self-inflicted judgment. That's where we start. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 28. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. It says the saints. Who are the saints? Who are the saints? Let's go. Uh, Psalms 50 and 5 to show you who the saints are. Because it's not St. Michael and St. Mary and all these uh, demons up in the Catholic Church. Those aren't saints. We're going to show you who the saints are. Going to Psalms 50 and 5. 50 verse 5, excuse me. Psalms 50 verse 5. Gather my saints together unto me. Those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. So those who made a covenant that by sacrifice. So who sacrificed animals to the Most High? That's who the saints are. Not St. Michael and St. Marcus and all these other names that the Catholic Church are giving you. Read one more time, brother. Verse 5. Gather my saints together unto me. Those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Right. So Israel, the children of Israel. So what we need to do is implement judgment concerning ourselves. That's the beginning for Jews and Gentiles. That's where you start at. Examine yourself and what you can do to correct. Because why? If Christ come back and you're celebrating something you shouldn't celebrate, there's going to be judgment for that. So during this time, as Christ have tarried or taken his time, these are times where we should be doing self-reflection. Oh, I didn't know that was wrong. Let me change that up. I'm glad I found out before Christ came back. That's what you should be using it for. That's what you should learn. You should learn something about yourself. How can you correct yourself? 
before Christ come back. Because a lot of us thought five years ago we were ready for Christ to come back. And I don't think we were. Because a lot of us didn't know who we were. Didn't know when the Sabbath was. Let alone what foods to eat or holy days. So I don't think you wanted Christ to come back. So Christ is actually doing this for you. The Most High is doing this for you because he don't want to lose any of his children. He want to give you time to get it right. That's what he wants to do. Um, let's go to Psalms 37 and 28. Back to Psalms. Oops. Psalms 37 verse 28. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom and his tongue talketh of judgment. See, that's how wise people, godly people talk. They talk about Christ. They talk about the Bible. They talk about keeping his laws, statutes and commandments. See, so we must be attentive of if our spirit is suitable for the coming of Christ. That's where we need to be at because the bridegroom is on his way. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 30. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Right. So now it's talking about how we're speaking. So I don't, me personally, I don't spend a lot of my time joking and gossiping and all. And I'm not saying you can't have fun, right? Be facetious sometimes. But I, we should not live daily in that silly, immature nonsensical folly of the world. Everything's just a joke. Everything's just fun. Everything's just a good time. What you should be worried about is the judgment that Christ is bringing. I'm not saying you can't do that, do that with those things, but that shouldn't be, you shouldn't be enamored with that every day. Everything's just, it's just a comedian show. Everything's funny to you. Like when Christ come back, it's not going to be funny brothers and sisters because he's coming back with a sword. He's coming back for war. I know in the Christian church, we were taught that Christ was coming back to grab you by your hand and skip through the tulips, skip through the flowers with a tulip in his teeth. Christ is not coming back for that. Christ is coming back for judgment. Because why? Vengeance is the Lord's and there's been a lot of sin. There's going to be war when Christ comes back, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. <clears throat> Verse 31. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. Actually, read verse 30 again, brother. Verse 30. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. Right, so we must have that spiritual urgency that we had in the beginning. We must conquer our inadequacies. We must evaluate ourselves. Because why? Don't you know that you will judge angels? The saints are going to judge the angels. You must judge yourself first. See, so somebody don't have to come tell you what you're doing is wrong. You know what you're doing is wrong. You know it. So correct that before Christ corrects it for you. I don't want that. I would rather do that myself without being strong armed. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 30. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom and his tongue talketh of judgment. Right. Let's go to Jude. Right before Revelations. Jude 1 and 21. 
Jude is a, a short book, but it's sensational. You guys should read it when you get a chance. It's only one chapter. Jude 1, verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Read that again. Verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Christ unto eternal life. Right, so stay centralized on the objective. We're not saying you can't have fun, but realize what the objective is. The objective is the kingdom of heaven. That's what the objective is. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Right. So number one thing we should do is have our conversation in a high manner in the heavens. Why? Because we can't focus on the unrighteous. Somebody may have offended you or oppressed you and now you become angry with them. But realize one thing, that person that oppressed you, God loved them just as much as you. See? So don't deal in that spirit of being angry or being aggressive because you're going to deviate and Christ is going to come and you're not going to be ready because you're in that spirit of anger. You're in that spirit of vengeance. Read that one more time, brother, from the top, please. Verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. Have compassion. So you can't deal adversely with sinners or people who may have sinned against you. Verse 23. And others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Right. So we must loathe even the thought of evil. That should make you sick to your stomach. A sin. Somebody sinning or trying to get you to sin. Read that uh, last scripture again, brother. Verse 23. And others saved with fear, pulling them out of, out of the fire. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Spotted by the flesh. That means fulfilling your flesh. What your flesh wants you to do, knowing that it's wrong. That should make you sick, literally sick to your stomach. When you see people sinning, when you see it on TV, when somebody tried to get you to partake. You should, you should shun that completely, brothers and sisters. We must have full control over our temple as Christ is on his way back. Because if you can't control that, you're going to have a hard, you're going to have a hard eternal, eternity. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 23. <clears throat> And others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Right. So the reality of the situation is you need to examine your discipline or your lack thereof. That's what you should examine. Are you following the most high? Are you doing what he said? Do you have an excuse? See, because the judge is on his way, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Second Peter's two and twenty one. New Testament, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Second Peter 2, verse 21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of the righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. See, so it would be better for you to never have known the truth than for you to know the truth and then go back into the world like the matrix. You know what's right. You were taught, yet you went back. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of the righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Right, see? So we know, brothers, we know sisters 
who have learned amongst us, learned what was right, and then went back. For whatever reason that may be, and may God have mercy on your soul, but it would be better for you to never have known who you were, to never know about the Sabbath, or the Bible, or Christ, than for you to learn what was right and ignore it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of the righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. Uh, one second, brother. Let's go to let's go to first John chapter two. First John, not St. John, first John, brothers and sisters, we're going to read two and fifteen. First John 2, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Read that again. Verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Right, see? So don't forget or try to make yourself forget what you know is right for the love of the world, for wanting to party and have fun and eat those foods and do those celebrations. Because why? If you love the world, you don't love the Most High because the Most High don't love the world. Christ didn't love this world. He rejected this world. And that's why he was sacrificed. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. See, so if you love the world, these are the things that come with it. These are the things that come with the world. You reject Christ, you shun the Bible and the commandments, but you love the world. You love everything about the world, what it wants you to do, how it wants you to dress, what they say is acceptable. You don't love the Most High. Continue, brother. <clears throat> Verse 17, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. See, so the world will pass away, and if you get caught in that sin, then you're going to pass away with that world. But the law... The love of the Most High. Those who follow the law, statutes, and commandments will abide forever. You'll live forever in righteousness. So what? We must keep our temple focused on the law, statutes, and commandments because why? Christ is bringing war, brothers and sisters. He's bringing war. Let us prove it to you. Revelations 19. Because they, were, they don't go into this part in the Christian church. They just make you think that Christ is just love and happiness and he's just coming to bring heaven. Uh, he will bring heaven. But first will be a purging for all the evil that's going down. Uh, 19 and 11. Revelation 19 verse 11. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Read that part again. And in righteousness, he doeth judge and make war. See, Christ is coming to make war, brothers and sisters. And I know a lot of us are scared of like when we hear wars with this country or that country. And I can tell you that no war can compare to the warfare of Christ. None. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. Right. So who is he coming to war with? He's coming to war with our enemies. I want to show you that. The enemies of God. The murderers of Christ. Read, brother. Was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doeth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. 
and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. See, so when Christ come back, the Most High going to give him a new name. His name is Yeshua, which is Savior. Now, some people call him Joshua, which is Yeshua, but it's Yeshua in the ancient Phoenician Hebrew, which is Savior, because why? Christ was a Hebrew. He wasn't a Greek. He was a Hebrew, brothers and sisters. He was an Israelite. He was a Jew. So he'll have a new name upon his arrival. Continue. Verse 13. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. See, so when Christ come back, he's coming back with an army. See, he's coming back with an army. Why? Because the, uh, the government have an army called the United Nations. And they're preparing to fight against Christ. That's what's going on, brothers and sisters. These armies are preparing to fight against Christ. That's why they're coming up with these alien movies. Always talking about an invasion from outer space. Because they know there's something coming from out there. And it's going to bring judgment, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp word. That with it sharp sword, sharp sword. That with it he should smite the nations. Right. See, so he won't have an actual weapon. His mouth will be the weapon. The same way the Most High said, "Let there be light." There was light. As soon as Christ opened his mouth, that's going to be fire, blistering, smoldering fire. He don't need a weapon. And all these nuclear bombs and atom bombs will do nothing against Christ. They'll do nothing. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the, the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. See? So the Most High is coming to judge our enemies. Those same governments that give you freedom of religion or freedom to be a homosexual. Or to eat foods that the Most High said don't eat. Or to enslave people. Or to steal land from North American Indians. See? Those people, Christ, are coming back to judge. And I want to say, it's not wise to threaten people, brothers and sisters. There's a law against that. It's called terrorism. So we don't threaten people. Because that's Christ will do the threatening. But we can read what Christ is going to do. That's what we do. We don't threaten Oh, that we're going to hurt somebody or anti-government. No, no, no. We, what we do is we teach the Bible. We follow his law, statutes, and commandments. That's what we do. Christ will come back with the sword. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty. See, the wrath of the Almighty. See? Wrath. They don't teach you about this in church. They never teach about the wrath of God. They just want you to believe that God is just love. That's it. He just loves everything. He just loves everybody. And if you're saying that that's true, then you're saying that you emotionally are superior than God. Because you have an, a range of emotions. You get angry. You get happy. You get sad. The Most High made you in His image. So He have all of those same emotions, brothers and sisters. Christ is coming back for war, and we're going to show you who he's coming to war against. Because a lot of times we get focused on who Christ is going to war against, and we start spewing vitriol and venom in their direction. And you don't need to do that, because Christ has your back. He's going to fight that battle for you. When he comes, he will assemble an army. 
to fight against these world powers. Let us show you. Isaiah 63. In the Tanakh, brothers and sisters, Isaiah chapter 63 and 1. Isaiah 63, verse 1. Who is this that cometh from Edom? Now we know Edom is the so-called European full-blood Caucasians. We know that. The Jewish, the Romans, those who don't mix their blood. We know this. The Queen of England family, the DuPonts, the Rockefellers. These are the chief of Edom. Continue, brother. Verse 1. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah? See, dyed garments of Bozrah. Remember, when Christ came back, his garment was white at first. Now it's saying it's dyed. What is Bozrah? Bozrah was the banking um, capital of Edom. So what it's saying is your capital, your chiefs, which are the Jewish Amaleks, the Romans, those same family of the Caesars. Christ is coming back to war against these people. Why? Because they're vaccinating our children. They're giving us freedom of religion. These are the things that they're doing. They're, they're making abortions legal. See, Christ is coming back for these people. Continue, brother. Verse 1. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel? Right. So Christ, you, why is your apparel red when we know you came back in white? Because his vesture will be dipped in the blood of those he's coming to judge. You didn't lie on his birthday. You didn't lie on the day he wants you to go to church. You didn't lie on the foods that he wants you to eat. You didn't lie on his people and said that the Jewish people were the people in the Bible. When the word Jew, there is no such thing as Jewish people in the Bible. Nowhere did it say in the Bible ever anywhere that somebody was Jewish. The Jewish people are not the Israelites from the Bible. At all. Continue, brother. Verse 1. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat? So why is your garment like you treadeth in the wine fat? Continue. Verse 3, I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me. See, so he, when Christ come back, he will go to the hierarchies of their institutionalized governments, their dignitaries. And he said, not one was for Christ, not one was for his people, not one was for the most time. You think these governments are governments of God? Government of God would enslave people, rape their children, pull them apart by two by having two horses pull them in separate uh, separate directions, vaccinating Haiti, sending love bombs over there. Hiroshima, that was a love bomb. That was a love bomb. Don't worry. That's all that was. They'll, they'll say it's a limited strike. Yeah, we, we bombed Syria. It was a limited strike, right? Tell the person's parents who died in that building how limited that strike was. See, there's no such thing as a limited strike. It's murder. Continue, brother. Verse 3. I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me. For I will tread them in my anger, and trample them in my fury. And their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garment. See, this is why his garment is red. Continue. 
and I will stain all my raiment. See, he will stain his clothes. See, why don't they tell you about this when they're talking about Christ coming back? So my question is, if Christ is coming back for this, how are you being raptured? Is Christ coming back three times now? So he's going to come back, take you up into heaven, and then come back. Doesn't make any sense, does it? When Christ comes back, there's going to be war, brothers and sisters. There's going to be a purging and a cleansing of this earth. Read that one more time, brother. Verse, verse 3. Verse 3. I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me. For I will tread them in my anger and trample them in my fury. And their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. For the day of vengeance is in my heart. Right. See, why? Why is it coming back with a vengeance? Because our destruction means these people's rulership. So Christ must save us. Christ is coming to save us, brothers and sisters. That's what being saved is. Christ coming to save you from being murdered and pillaged and raped and vaccinated. Continue, brother. Verse 4. For the day of my vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. See, so the time is coming. Now, this have nothing to do with finances. You think that these wars have to do with finances? You think slavery had to do with finances? Absolutely not. They print the money. That's a coupon. It's something deeper. They're waiting to fight Christ. That's why they have technology outside of the earth. That's why they have antimatter weapons. That's why they have satellites facing the earth. Because they know Christ is coming back. And they want to blow him up when he comes. And it won't even be... It, it, Christ won't even break a sweat, brothers and sisters. Nevertheless, they will fight. They will fight. Check it out. Continue, brother. Verse 5. And I looked, and there was none to help. And I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore, mine own arm brought salvation unto me. In my fury, it upheld me. And I will tread down the people in mine anger. Read that again. Verse 6. And I will tread down the people in mine anger. So his, his, his vesture will be stained with the blood of the dignitaries. Of these government high officials. Continue. Verse 6. And I will tread down the people in my anger. And make them drunk in my fury. And I will bring down their strength to the earth. I will mention the love kindness. Love kindnesses of the Lord. And the praises of the Lord. According to all that the Lord hath bestowed on us. And the great, God, great goodness toward the house of Israel. See so him destroying these people and these governments. Is him redeeming his people Israel. Because these are the people living in your ghettos. The Israelites. Who are they? You have the, the most of the majority of the so-called minorities. You have the so-called Hispanics. The Mexicans. The Brazilians. You have the Hawaiians. The Polynesians. You have the Negroes or the so-called African Americans. The Jamaicans. You have the Puerto Ricans. These are the children of Israel. The people that are being killed. The Vietnamese. The Filipinos. These are the people... That have been warred against the Vietnam War, the Philippine War, right? See, these are the people that are God's chosen people, the Israelites, the people that were gone into slavery, the North American Indians, those who had their land stolen from them, their women raped. These are God's people, brothers and sisters, and Christ is coming back to protect them because without his protection, we would all be no more. So if you're dealing in that spirit of following your government, or fighting against Christ, you're going to die. Straight out, you're going to die. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. 
I will mention the love kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord hath bestowed on us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he hath, which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitudes of his love kindnesses. Right. So how do we know that this is the governments of the Edomites? That means the governments, the Edomites are so-called Caucasians. Are we saying he's coming against all Caucasians? No, that's not what we're saying. There's going to be Caucasians that are going to make it to heaven. What we're saying is the governments, the ruling hierarchy, those people. The Christ is coming back for war against those people. How do we prove that? Go to Matthew 24 and 27 to prove to you who Christ is coming back to war against. Matthew 24, verse 27. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of Son of Man be. Right, so when Christ come back, he will come from the east to the west. He will come back in the east, which you would call the Middle East. Continue, brother. Verse 28. For wheresoever the, the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Read that one more time. Verse 28. For where for wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. See, so where the war will be is where the eagle is. Who's the eagle? German eagle, Russian eagle, American eagle. See, those who use the moniker of the eagle is who Christ is coming to war against. Look at that. Romans, Germans, right? Russians. These are the governments that Christ is coming back to war against. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 28, for wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Why? Because these people have a hatred for God. These people have a hatred for God. A lot of these people are atheists, Buddhist. They don't want to follow anything God say. They want to eat what they want to do. And in fact, they want to try to kill Christ when he comes here. The same way they tried to kill his people. The same way they hung Christ on a tree. They swung us on those same trees. See? And they know who we are. They know that we're the children of Israel. That's why they swung us on the trees, brothers and sisters. Now, are we saying that so you can be vigilant and go be aggressive? No. We've already discussed that vengeance is the Lord's. What you do is follow the law, statutes, and commandments. That's what you do. Jew or Gentile. Gentiles, if you don't want to be a part of that judgment, I would suggest you follow the laws of the Most High and help build the house of Israel. Therefore, you could be spared. Because why? You... You pay for the sins of your father. The same way the Israelites went into slavery because Moses and our forefathers sinned. You're going to pay for the judgment of your forefathers also. Slavery still in lands. You're going to pay for that unless you're covered in the blood. If you don't cover yourself in that blood, you're going to pay for the sins of your father the same way we did. So if you're dealing in that spirit, I would suggest you turn away from that, shun that and come to Christ. You can be saved. Let's go to Obadiah 1 and 4. Further proof on who this is. <clears throat> Obadiah 1 verse 4. Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle. Read that again. Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle. See, who's the eagle? Who uses that symbol? Look on the side of your post office trucks. Who's using that? The eagle. The people who use the eagle are predominantly 
scarlet colored. Read that again, brother. Verse 4. Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, See, saith the Lord. They would set their nest amongst the stars. Who was that that went into went to the moon, so-called? Left the atmosphere. Remember that moniker? The eagle has landed. Remember? Who was that? Russia and America. This is who Christ is coming to war against, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Verse 4. Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. Right. Now, let's go to Second Ezra in your apographer. Your apographer, brothers and sisters, for those who are maybe following us for the first time, is 14 books that was taken out of your King James Bible. We have an Oxford edition. It's a school. It's a college. We have the Cambridge edition, where the original Bible has 80 books in it. But the Catholic Church took out 14 books um, over 100 years ago. Each Bible, up until maybe 100 years ago, had 80 books in it. But the Roman Catholic Church did what? They started to canonize the book. Which is, I don't understand how they have the authority to canonize a Hebrew's record when they're not Hebrews. In fact, they're the ones who killed Christ. So how do they have the authority to canonize books? Or tell me what of my forefathers I can read? Doesn't make any sense. Let's go to Second Edris eleven and one. Get that record, brothers and sisters. Second Edris eleven and one. Further proof. Sec Second Edris eleven verse one. Then saw I, saw I a dream, and behold. There came up from the sea an eagle. A what? An eagle. A what? An eagle, which had twelve feathered wings and three heads. Now, who is this talking about? The eagle. Rome. This is talking about twelve feathers or the twelve Caesars. How could the Bible know about this? There was original twelve emperors or Caesars of Rome. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. Then saw I a dream, and behold, there came up from the sea an eagle which had 12 feathered wings and three heads. The Romans used the moniker of the eagle. We're going to run down the 12 for you. Julius Caesar, Augustus Caesar, Tiberius Caesar, Caligula Caesar, also known as Little Boots. We have Claudius. We have Nero. We have Galba. We have Otho. We have Vitellius. We have Vespasian and Titus who took down the Jews in 70 AD and caused the Jews to run from Israel into Africa. That's why people keep calling us Africans, because we ran into Africa after Romans tried to persecute us in 70 AD. That was those Vespasian and his son Titus. And uh, finally, we have Domitian. Those are the 12 Caesars that are prophesied in the Bible. The 12 feathers of the eagle. Go to verse 42, brother. <clears throat> All right, brother. Uh, read second address 11 and 42. Verse 42. For thou hast afflicted the meek, thou hast hurt the peaceable. See, the, the same family of the Romans who are now today called Jewish. The Jewish people are the Romans. They've changed their name. Because why? Because everybody knew that the Romans were known for death and destruction. So they must, they had to change their identity in order for you not to be 
apprehensive. Continue, brother. Verse 42. For thou hast afflicted the meek, thou hast hurt the peaceable, thou hast loved liars, and destroyed the dwellings of them that brought forth fruit, and hast cast down the walls of such as did thee no harm. See? So they've attacked people who did no harm to them. People who are just trying to follow the Most High. This is who the Most High, this is one of the groups of people that the Most High is coming to judge. It's not just Esau. There's others. Let us show you. Isaiah 19. The bride's groom is coming, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 19 and 1. The bride's groom, Christ, is coming. So we must prepare. Even though it may seem like it's down the road. Isaiah 19, verse 1. The burden of Egypt. Egypt. See, there's a judgment coming there. Don't think that Christ forgot that these same people enslaved us with our people Moses, where the Most High had to split the Red Sea for us. See, so this isn't about race. He's coming after all the people that destroyed his people. That's, where he, that's who he's coming after. This had nothing to do with uh, a white man. Or, or an African. This has something to do with all heathen nations that despise God and despise his people and have taken advantage of him since the beginning. Read, brother. Verse 1. The burden of Egypt. Behold, the Lord rideth upon a swift cloud and shall come into Egypt, and the idols of Egypt shall be moved at his presence, and the heart of Egypt shall melt in the midst of it. See, there's a lot of idolatry going on in Egypt. How many guys are they following over there in Egypt? See, and it's not just talking about the location of Egypt. It's talking about the world governments. Why? Because all governments work under that structure of the pyramid that's in Egypt. That same pyramid on your money. Why do you think it's on your money? See? That same place that enslaved the children of Israel, that moniker is being used on this place, the last place to enslave the children of Israel. America. They all are using that same spirit that they received from the Egyptian government, the Pharaoh, that chased us across the Red Sea, where the Most High told us, don't worry about it, go that way. We looked and said, there's water there, where am I going to go? Just walk. And he had the winds open up the sea. The Most High always protect us. You just have to do what he said. That's all you have to do. He made it easy. Just follow what I say, and I'll take care of you. And don't think that he won't do it again. Because the Bible says that we will cross through water again. On dry shot again. Don't think that it won't happen, brothers and sisters. And that's why it's important for you to have the name. Because if you don't have that name, you're not going through any water. You won't be walking through anything. You need to have the name of the Most High God. You need to understand how to please him. How to fast. How to worship him. If you don't have those things, find a brother or a sister that can give it to you. Read verse 2, brother. Verse 2. And I will set the Egyptians against the Egyptians, and they shall fight every one against his brother. See, so there will be an infight in Egypt. In Africa, there will be an infight. They will be fighting amongst themselves. Verse 2. And I will set the Egyptians against the Egyptians, and they shall fight every one against his brother, and every one against his neighbor, city against city, and kingdom against kingdom. This is what happens upon the return of Christ, brothers and sisters. They don't tell you this in the Christian church. Why? They, they claim it's not fruitful. It's not lucrative. They can't make money teaching you this. It's scary. See? This is why. But this is what you need in order to survive. 
to be saved. This is what you need, brothers and sisters. Go to Second Edris, back in the Apographer. Second Ezra, which is the same Ezra from the Bible. This is another record of Ezra from your traditional Bible. Second Ezra 13 and 29. There was a reason why the Roman Catholic Church took these 14 books out of here. Second Ezra 13 verse 29. Behold, the days come when the Most High will begin to deliver them that are upon the earth. And he shall come to the astonishment of them that dwell on the earth. And one shall undertake the fight against another. Right, so Israel is spread throughout the four corners of the earth. We know that it said we will be scattered, serving these wicked governments. We're serving these wicked governments, and that's why Christ had to come back to deliver us. Because our people are spread through the four corners, serving wickedness and evil. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 30. Verse 30. And he shall come to the astonishment of them that dwell on the earth. And one shall undertake to fight against another. Read that again. And one shall undertake to fight against another. One city against another. One place against another. One people against another. And one realm against another. One realm against another. See? Christ is coming back with angels. One realm against another. See, so there's uh, there's infighting going on in the earth. There's a war in Libya. There's a war in Syria. There's a war here. There's a war there. And while that's going on, what's going on amongst us? Waking up. See, while they're dealing with that, we're realizing that we're the children of Israel. Look at that. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 31. And one shall undertake to fight against another, one city against another, one place against another, one people against another, and one realm against another. See, so now that we are awakened, it has thrown the whole world out of course. And now they're fighting each other. Because why? The grip, they're losing their grip on us. Now we realize who we are, we come back to our Bible, put down these other religions, now it's starting to slip. Now those same people that colluded against us are fighting each other. And while that's transpiring, Israel was waking up to realize who they actually are. The Mexicans are finding out they're God's chosen people. The Negroes are finding out they're God's chosen people. The natives are finding out they're God's chosen people. And there's a reason why they've been attacked on such a high level. While this is transpiring, everybody else is fighting. See, that wasn't by choice. That wasn't by chance. Uh, read verse 32, brother. Verse 32. And the time shall be when these things shall come to pass, and the sign shall happen which I showed thee before. And then shall my son be declared, whom thou sawest as a man ascending. A man ascending? Who was that man ascending? Let us show you. Go to Acts 1 and 7. Who is that man that's ascending that's going to come back? Acts in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Acts chapter 1, we're going to read verse 7. Who was that man that was ascending? Acts 1, verse 7. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times of the seasons, which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria. Read, read verse 8 again, brother. Verse 8. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. 
and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. See, so our focus is making sure the gospel of Christ is being taught. That's our focus. That's what we're focused on. We're not focused on what a white man done or what an African have done or what he done or she done. We, that don't even concern us. We're just looking to follow the most high and share what we know. That's what we're focused on. Continue, brother. Verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. See? Christ. This is Christ. A cloud received him out of their sight. He ascended. So this is Christ that's going to come back for war. This is Christ, brothers and sisters. Now, if you have a problem with what Christ is going to do, then you tell him about it and see. See, because we don't have the right to say, oh, I don't think that that's right, that Christ is going to come back and hurt people and do these things. Why not? Christ is the Lord. Vengeance is his. It's not yours. It's not mine. It's his. And you don't have the right, nor do I have the right to say who should and shouldn't be judged. We don't have that right. Let's go back to 2nd Edris 13 and 33. Second Ezra 13 verse 33 And when all the people hear his voice every man shall in their own land leave the battle they were they have one against another See so when Christ come back they'll stop the infighting they'll stop fighting each other Let's see what happens Continue verse 34 And an innumerable multitude shall be gathered together as thou sawest them willing to come and to overcome him by fight See they're looking to overcome Christ by fighting See this is that one world army. That's that United Nations. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 34. And an, innumer an innumerable multitude shall be gathered together. Shall be gathered together. That means fused into one army. That's what the world army is about, brothers and sisters. This have nothing to do with oil. This have everything to do with preparing for Christ to come back. So they can kill him again. Or what they think. You're in for a rude awakening. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 34. And an innumerable multitude shall be gathered together, as thou sawest them, willing to come and to overcome him by fighting. But he shall stand upon the top of the Mount Zion, and Zion shall come, and shall be showed to all men, being prepared and builded, like as thou sawest the hill graven without hands. And this, my son, shall rebuke the wicked inventions of those nations, which for their wicked life are fallen into the tempest. With their wicked inventions, their guns, their nuclear bombs, their atom bombs will not work when Christ could break the atmosphere. None of that garbage is going to work. It's going to be complete rubbish. These weapons that they're making are not going not to do anything to Christ. It's not even a threat to Christ. Continue. Verse 37. And this, my son, shall rebuke the wicked inventions of those nations which for their wicked life are fallen into the tempest, and shall lay before them their evil thoughts, and the torments wherewith they shall begin to be tormented, which are like unto a flame. And he shall destroy them without labor read, by the law. Read that part again. And he shall destroy them without labor by the law, which is like unto fire. So he's going to destroy them without breaking a sweat. This will be easy. This is light work. <laughs> this is light work to Christ. He's been waiting for this. He's already won. He's just waiting for the father to send him and say, tap him on that shoulder and say, go, son. 
And then he's going to come back and destroy everything you see. Unless you're covered in the blood. That's the only way. Continue. Verse 39. And whereas thou sawest that he gathered another peaceable multitude unto him. See, so after he war against the nations, he will gather our people. He will gather us after war. Continue. Verse 40. Those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoners out of their own land in the time of Hosea the king. See, these are the ten tribes. This is the proof that the Native Americans, the Mexicans, the, um, the Blaikwa Tainos, all those people that were in the Americas before Europeans got here, this is how you know they're the children of Israel. Because the Bible tells you that those same ten tribes would go into another land. Read that again, brother. Verse 40. Those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoners out of their own land in the time of Hosea the king, whom Salmaneser the king of Assyria led away captive, and he carried them over the waters, and so came they into another land. So he carried them over the waters. This was 721 to 723 B.C. The Polynesians, the Micronesians, these people, how'd they get to the islands? Hawaiians. How did these people get to the islands? How can you be born on an island? How'd they get there? The Bible has the history to prove to you that this record was taken out for this reason. Because then you would be able to identify those same people they call minorities. That they say are good for nothing, are lazy, are actually, indeed, in fact, God's chosen people. Read that again, brother. Verse 40. Those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoners out of their own land in the time of Hosea the king. Whom Salmaneser, the king of Assyria, led away captive, and he carried them over the waters, and so came they into another land. But they took this counsel among themselves, that they would leave the multitude of the heathen, and go forth into a further country, where never mankind dwelt. Where what? Never mankind dwelt. See, so they went into the what you call the new world, where no mankind dwelt. See? So those who were in the new world when Europeans got here... This is how they got there. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 41. But they took count, they took this counsel among themselves that they would leave the multitude of the heathen and go forth into a further country where never mankind dwelt. Right. So this was the new world. There was hidden lands that drifted west after the flood. After the flood, knowing the flood, there was lands that broke apart and floated to the west. And these same people went into these lands in 723 B.C. There's history out there. Check your facts, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 42. That they might there keep their statutes, which they never kept in their own land. And they entered into the Euphrates by the narrow passage of the river. See, they came through the Euphrates. This is how they got here, brothers and sisters. The Bible is a history book. It's not a religious book. And it cannot be disputed. Not one single verse can be disputed in the Bible. Continue. Verse 44. For the Most High then showed signs for them and held still the flood till they were passed over. So he kept still the waters as they traveled, which took about a year and a half for them to get there to the new world. Continue. 45. For through that country there was a great way to go, namely of a year and a half. And the same region is called Azareth. Right, Azareth. The Americas or the hidden lands were called Azareth. That means hidden land. So America had a name before it was named America. It was Azareth. See? 
How could the Bible know how the natives got here? How the Hispanics, so-called Hispanics got here? How the Puerto Ricans got there? How the Hawaiians got there on an island? How could they know if the Bible's not true? See? Let's go to Ecclesiastes one, uh, excuse me, 3 and 1. Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. We're almost done, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. See, so there's a time for everything. There's a time for war also. So even though Christ may be tarrying, which means taking his time, we need to be prepared for the bridegroom because this is what's coming with Christ. And I don't think you want to be a part of what's going to transpire. <clears throat> I know I don't. Continue, brother. Verse 2. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. Right. There is a time for everything, brothers and sisters. And the time to fight is not now. The time now is to get yourself right through self-examination. Follow the Most High God. That's what it's time for us to do. Share the gospel. Wake up, Jacob. That's what we're here to do. Turn the heathens into God-fearing people. That's what we're here to do. That's what we should be doing. That's our time right now. Time to kill, time for war is when Christ come back because Christ will and assemble an army to go against the UN. He will. Too much evil is going on. You cannot bomb Syria, bomb Libya, and think that Christ is just okay with this. You cannot make homosexuality legislation or law and uphold that and think that Christ is not going to have an issue with that. That's going to be a complication. That would be ill-advised for you to do that. That wouldn't be good counsel. For you to think that the Most High is just going to allow all this sin. At some point, the Most High is going to say, stop. Stop everything. Stop it all. Because why? He'd give you enough rope to hang yourself. That's how it works. He'd just keep letting you. He'd give you a long leash. And then he'd kick that chair away from you. That's what's going to happen. So it's, it, it would be problematic for you if you don't prepare to self-examine yourself just in case you're not doing the right thing because I know if Christ would have came back 10 years ago I would have been going to hell because I wasn't doing anything I was celebrating every holiday that he told me not to I mean pork, crab, shrimp and lobster I wasn't celebrating his Sabbath I was being a fornicator I was being a thief whatever we're being out there all these things that we were being before we came into the truth I think we need to all be glad that Christ didn't come back while we were in our sin all of us. Alright. Let's go to Jeremiah 16. We've got about four more scriptures. We're going to close out, brothers and sisters. Uh, yes. Jeremiah 16 and 14 through 18. Jeremiah 16, verse 14. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord. That it shall no more be said, the Lord liveth, that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. See, the children of Israel are those same people that were brought out of Egypt. Those same people that were brought out of Egypt. Now, for those of us who don't know that the Israelites were people of color, how could Moses grow up in Egypt if he was a Caucasian? 
How can Moses be mistaken for an African if he was Caucasian? Remember, Moses grew up in Pharaoh's home. So how did that happen? So ask yourself that question. Continue. Verse 15. But the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whither he had driven them. And I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. So we will go back into our land of Israel. We will have our land back. We're the only people without an identity and without a land. Everybody else have a land. Everybody else have a culture. We're the only people being called black, being called Mexican, being called Puerto Rican. We had a land. We had a name before the Spaniards came and took you down. Who, who, who do they have us calling each other? Spanish. You're not Spanish, sister. You're not Spanish, brother. That's what the Spaniards named you after they took you down and gave you a new language. That's not who you are. God called you an Israelite. He didn't call you Spanish. Show me Spanish people in the Bible. Show me African American in the Bible, brothers and sisters. Because God didn't make a people named Native Americans or Indians or African Americans. He didn't name us that. He named us the children of Israel. Continue. Verse 16. Behold, I will send for many fishers. Read that again. Verse 16, Behold, I will send for many fishers. The fishers are teachers. What do we say we're doing? We're fishers of men. And one thing you must understand is there's different type of fish. So you have to do different type of fishers. Fishing. You got some fish that are small that are easy. They're right at the top. So you don't need bait to go that deep. You got some that are faster. So then you need moving bait. Then you got some, the big fish that's down low. That you got to go down there with your bait. So you have to realize there's a different way in which you must present the truth depending on which fish you're trying to catch. Mm -hmm. We're fishers of men, brothers and sisters, of women. Mm -hmm. We're trying to bring fruit back to the Most High. Mm -hmm. Read that again, brother. Verse 16. Behold, I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after will, and after will I send for many hunters. See, so after we do our fishing, when Christ come back, he'll send the hunters which means the people that's going to war, the people that's going to kill. Right now, we're fishing. We're fishing. And those same fish that will be caught will be the hunters. Read it again, brother. Verse 16. Behold, I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after will I send for many hunters. See, so right now is the time to fish, to bring fruit to the Most High, to wake brothers and sisters up. When Christ come back, it'll be time to hunt. But only then. Continue, brother. And after will I send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them for every mountain and from every hill and out of the holes of the rock. See? So there's a lot of people who got bunkers, underground bunkers, some of these rich people that can sustain them for two, three years. And they think they're going to hide. The military have bunkers under the water, under the water colonies. A lot of times you'll see an oil tower in the middle of the water and you think that it's an oil tower when really it leads down to the depths and there's a there's a, a base down there. They have bases underneath the water, brothers and sisters. They think they're going to be able to hide and Christ is going to send his hunters in all of those areas. You will not be able to hide. Read it again, brother. Verse 16. Behold, I will send for many fishers, said the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after will I send for many hunters. And they shall hunt, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. For mine eyes are upon all their ways; they are not hid from my face. 
neither is there iniquity hid from my eyes. See, their sin is not hidden from the Most High's eyes. The Most High see everything that we're doing, everything that these governments are doing, the Most High see. He wouldn't be equitable if he didn't defend his people. And when I say his people, I mean those trying to follow his laws. That's what I mean. Because guess what? If you're trying to follow Christ, it don't matter what race you are. Satan is looking to kill you. No matter what race you are. You think Satan is... He's for the white man or he's for the Africans? No. He wants you dead too. He wants you all dead if you're following Christ. See? So if it wasn't for Christ, we would all die. That's why Christ said, I must cut time short unless there be none of you alive. Because they're looking to kill us all. Population control. Abortions. Condoms. This. That. Vaccinations. Gangs. Homosexuality. All of this is population control. They're looking to condense the population. Therefore, they can control it. You can control something that's condensed. Read 18 again, brother. Verse 18. And first I will recompense their iniquity and their sin double because they have defiled my land. Read that again, brother. Verse 18. And first I will recompense their iniquity and their sin double because they have defiled my land. They have filled my inheritance with the carcasses of their detestable and abominable things. See, so this is why Christ is coming back for war. Go to Luke 22 and 34. See, a lot of people will see this and say, you know what? I need to get a gun. I need to get some type of something that I can protect myself with. Let's see. Luke 22, verse 34. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day. Before that thou shalt... Thrice deny that thou hast thou knowest me. And he said unto them, When I send you without purse and scrip and shoes, lack ye anything? And they said nothing. Then said he unto them, But now he that hath a purse, let him take it, and likewise his, his scrip. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. See, so he's telling you, if you don't have protection, go get protection. That's what he's saying. It's right to have protection. It's admissible to have protection for your family, for your friends, for your loved ones, for you. Protection don't mean you go out and do something to somebody. Protection means you defend yourself. So especially minorities, those of us who are, you know, having 10, 20 guns and we just setting up targets, making target practice. See, the government, they're already instituting laws for you. See, because you get together with your buddies, you, yeah, we need to come together and have guns, black guns. Black guns matter. See, if you go there, the government is going to destroy you. The government will destroy you. They're already institution establishing legislation to go against you because you're a terrorist. You're dealing like a terrorist. So that's not, we're not saying you can't protect yourself. But if you're making it a thing to post all online when it's 20 of y'all going to shoot guns and assault rifles and y'all setting up target practice, understand that the government's coming after you. They are coming after you. So I wouldn't suggest doing all that, dealing in the spirit of a militia or military. If you're dealing that spirit, you're going to be destroyed. Because why? Christ said it's okay, it's admissible to protect yourself. Not to aggressively bestow vengeance upon somebody whoever you think 
deserves vengeance. That's not your job. That's not our job. Our job is to follow the laws, statutes, and commandments and prepare for the bridegroom. Because if you don't, and you out doing that, when the bridegroom come and you don't have that light, we're going to have to go. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, sister. I have an appointment with Christ. Let's go to Romans 12 and 19 to prove to you vengeance is the Lord's. Romans 12, verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Read that again. Verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. See? So castigation is the Lord's. Revenge is the most highs. It's not ours. Do not deal in that spirit of vengeance and anger. Do not teach in that spirit. Castigation is the most highs. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Right. Give way to wrath. Allow the most high to deal with who needs to be dealt with. Because his wrath is unescapable. It's unquenchable. It's insurmountable. Let Christ take care of it. Let him carry you. Let your big brother take care of it for you. Because while you deal in vengeance, you're going to be part of that vengeance that Christ brings back. Then his vengeance will be aimed towards you. Because it's not your job to be vengeful. It's not my job to be vengeful. Our job is to follow the laws, statutes, and commandments and share the gospel. That's what our law is. That's what, that's what our job is. Excuse me. Let's go to Amos 5 and 18. We have two more scriptures after this. Amos 5 and 18. The bridegroom is coming, brothers and sisters. Amos 5 verse 18. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? Right, so woe. That means you shouldn't be... Those predominantly Christians who are saying, I can't wait for Christ to come back. Are you sure about that? Because why? Because I don't think Christ is coming back for your turn. If you're celebrating all these Easter, all these days that are nowhere in the Bible, and you're saying you're waiting on Christ, I don't think you know what Christ is coming back for. If you're eating pork, crab, shrimp, and lobster, and worshiping not on the Sabbath, on any other day than that, I don't think you know that Christ isn't coming back for your turn. So I know Christians that are celebrating every day in the book that the Most High say don't celebrate. They're dealing with homosexuality, fornication, all these things. And they're claiming they can't wait for Christ to come back. I don't think, I think you may want to calm down with that. Because when Christ comes back, he's not coming back for your turn. I'm so glad 10 years ago, you know, 15 years ago when I wasn't following the truth, Christ didn't come back. <laughs> I'm so glad. I didn't even know who I was. I thought I was black. I thought I was African American. I'm so glad. That Christ didn't come back then. Read it again, brother. Verse 18. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. See, when Christ come back, it's going to be dark. Because he's coming back for war. Continue. Verse 19. 
as if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him. Read that again. Verse 19. As if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him or went into the house and leaned his and lean his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. Right, for this is for those looking to evade judgment. See? So you run from one thing just to get caught there. Read it again, brother. Verse 19. As if a man did flee from a lion, and a bear met him, or went into the house, and leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. Right. Continue. Verse 20. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness, and not light? Even very dark and not brightness in in it. Right. See, so prepare for the bridegroom. Don't think that when he comes back, you're being raptured. How could he be raptured when he's coming back for war? Those who endure until the end shall be saved after what Christ is going to bring. See, don't allow Christians to make you think that you don't have a, a fight in this war. Because, see, that's what telling somebody that there's going to be a rapture means. That means, oh, I don't have to do anything because I'll be raptured. When war comes, I'll be raptured, so I don't have to do anything. See, and that's the spirit that Satan wants you in, complacency, docile. I don't need to do anything. I'll be raptured. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to go nowhere or do anything. Because why? Because the planes will be going down because a Christian was the pilot when Christ comes back. You go over to the cubicle... The clothes are just on the chair because they just disappeared. When this is this is the this is the garbage. This is the rubbish. This is the propaganda that the Christian Church perpetuates. That people gonna be just cars just gonna be driving into each other because a Christian was driving a car. That's nowhere in Scripture, brothers and sisters. When Christ come back, He's coming back for war. He's not taking some people up into heaven and then coming back a third time. He's coming, there will be a second coming of Christ. And that will be the final. The bridegroom is coming, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Joel 3, and then we'll go to Joel 2 and close it out. Joel 3 and 9, and then we'll go to Joel 2. Joel 3, verse 9. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Right. So Christ, so the Most High is culminating the spirit of war amongst the Gentiles on purpose. That's why everybody's warring right now. Look at how many wars is going on and none of it's Israel. What, what, uh, what army do the Mexicans have? What army do the Vietnamese have? They don't. The, the army was the actual citizens. See? What army do the African Americans have? See, Israel don't have an army. What army do the Puerto Ricans have? What army do the natives have? See? We don't have an army. Gentiles have an army. We don't. We're peaceful. We're lawful. We're law-abiding. Read it again, brother. Verse 10. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble yourselves and come, all ye heathen, and gather yourselves together round about. Thither cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And that valley of Jehoshaphat is right over in the Middle East, everywhere they're at now. Where all of them are at, in that gulf. 
That is the Valley of Jehoshaphat. Remember, it says where the where the carcass is, the eagle shall be gathered. Where all those eagle, where all of those armies are in the Middle East is where Christ is going to come back and destroy him. That's why they're sending everybody to the Middle East. We know brothers stationed in Egypt right now. Christ is coming back to destroy that whole area. And we know that he said the only place that would be safe is where he spoke to Baruch. That same place where Moses received the law will be the only safe place when this transpires. Everywhere else will be under fire. So you, you need to know where not to be at. Even if you don't know where to go, you need to know where not to be. Egypt, he already told us. He's judgment coming there. America, judgment coming there. China, judgment coming there. Continue, brother. Verse 12. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. For there I will sit to judge the heathen. Who are the heathen? Those who don't have law. You're a heathen if you don't follow law. You do what you want. You eat what you want. You sleep with who you want. You're a heathen. Continue. Verse 13. Put ye in the, in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full. The fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. See, the day of the Lord is near. Judgment is upon us. Verse 15. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter, and utter his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth shall, shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of his people. See, that's our only hope, Israel. Our only hope is Christ, is the Most High. That's our only hope. Continue. Verse 16. The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Right. And the strength of the children of Israel. So how can the children of Israel be done away with? You'll go ask a Christian church. Well, who are the Israelites? Oh, yeah, they died off. How can they be died off when this is a prophecy when Christ come back that he's going to strengthen the children of Israel? How is that? See, because they don't want to identify who the children of Israel are, because then they would have to tell you that the same people they said were nothing are actually something. See, just think about it. Do you really think that people in this world want to come to a Mexican and tell them God chose you? No. Do that even make sense to you that they would want to come do that? Or they're going to come tell a Negro, yeah, you, you are the Jews. Why would they do that? I'm not saying that everybody in the world is racist, but we all know somebody that is. And why would they? What reason, what benefit would it be for them to come to a Negro or a Jamaican or a Haitian and tell them, that you know God chose you. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They're going to tell you you're black. You, you don't even have a heritage. You, you're African American. You're, you're two continents. That's what you are. See? They would only do this to Israel. Children of Israel. Our strength is Christ. Is the most high. We have no strength outside of him. There is nothing we can do. You can't fight these people with brute force. And with guns. They have more guns than anybody. Bullets run out, brothers and sisters. Your strength shall be Christ. That's your strength. Go to Joel 2 and 1. We're going to end it off here. And we want to say, all of these prophecies concerning Christ are in the Old Testament. So our question to the people who don't believe in the New Testament or don't believe in Christ, who is this right here that all these prophecies are about? 
See, because there's a lot of Israelites out there who don't believe in Christ as the Messiah, as the Hamashiach. They believe there will be a Savior, but they don't believe it's Christ. For, for some reason, that, that's unbeknownst to me. But who is this? Jewish people, they claim they don't believe in Christ because they don't believe in the New Testament. Okay, well, who's this then? Because this is in the Old Testament. Christ was written up in the Old Testament. There was no New Testament when Christ was walking around. Oh, the New Testament was put together 200 years after Christ. When Christ was walking around, he was teaching out of the Old Testament. See? Continue, brother. Joel 2, verse 1. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and a thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong. There hath not been ever the light, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire, a fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Yea, a nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and as horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of the chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble, as a strong people set in battle array. Before their face, the people shall be much pain. All faces shall gather blackness. This is upon the second coming of Christ. Verse 7. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. And they shall march every one on his ways. And they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk every one in his path. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. The earth shall quake before them. This is talking about the army that Christ is bringing. This is the army that Christ is gathering. These are the hunters. The fishing will be done at this point. Now it's time to hunt. Continue. Verse 10. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark. And the, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. Before his what? Before his army. Before his what? His army. See, Christ have an army, brothers and sisters. Will you be part of it? See? Christ have an army. Read it again. Verse 11. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great. For he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. And who can abide it? Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of evil. Right. See, this is Christ. I have one more precept that I wasn't going to use, but since we're going into the spirit of Christ, the spirit of war, and the brides who coming. Just go to a few chapters over. Uh, let's go a few books over. Go to Amos 9 and 1 through 4 and we'll be done. Amos chapter 9. We're going to read verse 1 through 4. Close it out. Amos 9 verse 1. I saw the Lord standing upon the altar and he said, Smite the lintel of the door that the posts may shake and cut them in the head of them and cut them in the head of all, all of them. 
and I will slay the last of them with the sword. He that fleeth of them shall not flee away, and he that escapeth of them shall not be delivered. Though they dig into hell, then shall mine hand take them. Though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. And though they hide themselves in the top of Carmel, I will search and take them out thence. And thou, and though they hide from the sight in the bottom of the sea, thence will I command the serpent, and he shall bite them. See, that serpent is written in scripture as Leviathan. Leviathan. See, they have bases underwater. They think that when Christ come back, they'll be able to hide. You won't be able to hide. Continue. Verse 4. And though they go into captivity before their enemies, thence will I command the sword, and it shall slay them. And I will set mine eyes upon them for evil and not for good. See? So if Christ, if you get Christ's attention for the wrong thing, I don't think you I don't think you want Christ to pay you to your face. Because he will pay you to your face and do exactly as he said he would do. So, brothers and sisters, this is not to startle you. This is to this is to heighten the responsibility that you have. This is to stimulate you to realize that. The bridegroom is coming. And if he's not coming for your turn, then you're on this side of the judgment. So I would suggest that, brothers and sisters, follow the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High God. Turn away from sin. We want to say shalom and kwam yasharala.
We're running out of time. 